Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. There was some prayer that went into this message. And uh, I just want you to know, I feel like the Holy Spirit's really on this thing. We're going to talk about a little bit of truth here. We're actually in a series called Truth Bombs. Okay, so we're in our Truth Bomb series. And I want to bring a little truth just around, I'm just going to say it. We're going to talk a little politics today. Okay, and now here's why. Here's why. Let me help, let me help here. We are, in case you didn't, haven't figured this out yet, there's a couple things you're going to need to know if you're new. One, we're a spirit-filled church. We believe that the gifts of the Holy Spirit are for today. We have seen people get healed from terminal illness. We have seen prayer change people's lives. We believe that speaking in tongues is something that God tells us to do. Paul said, I pray you speak in tongues more than I do. Okay, There's, there are places for it. We believe in all that stuff. Okay, so I'm just getting that out there. So you're like, no one told me. We just told you. <laughs> Pastor Scott told you last Wednesday. Pastor Mike told you last Sunday. Like, it's out there. The other thing is that because we're a spirit-filled church, we believe we have an obligation to advance God's kingdom here on earth. And that means we talk about truth. And we will talk about what is right and wrong based off of the Bible. And that is going to flow into every area of our life, including politics. So if you want a church that never challenges you, never talks about political things, never talks about truth and contrasting culture, we're not going to be the best fit for you. But I I challenge you, stay with me for this message. Hear what I have to say. Listen, it's very important as a Christian, you have to literally to step into the kingdom of God. The first thing you have to acknowledge is I can't do this in my own strength. I need a savior. So we start this journey with acknowledging that we don't know everything, correct? And then it's like we start getting nitpicky when somebody reads something out of the Bible that maybe we weren't raised on or maybe it's different than how we we thought to interpret things. And instead of asking questions, because here's the beauty of the truth. The truth stands on its own two feet. The truth doesn't need to be defended. It just needs to be brought up. And then we can have a discussion about it. But the truth is the truth. All right, and so we're going to share the truth here at this church. I just want you to know that, okay? But also, I want you to know, ask questions. Okay, when I, I grew up in church where we never talked about politics. Never. Like, it was like, you know, and we talked about money once a year. And so now I go to a church where we share like a testimony about God's gener- power of generosity and the power of his principles of giving every week. And we're not afraid to talk about politics. And I'm so thankful for it. Okay. But let me tell you something. It's not going to end on politics. In fact, this message is going to end on people getting prayed for to get filled with the Holy Spirit. How are you going to do it? Watch and learn. Here we go. Okay. Gentlemen, can you throw out my first scripture? That was a little cocky. Last night I was like praying, God, please help me land this plane. So anyways, just want you to know. (laughs) Now, let me set up this scripture because we need to build everything on scripture. This is Jesus talking to his disciples. Uh, John chapter 15, lots of people have heard that. I'm the vine, you're the branches. Whoever abides in me will have fruit. You know, you've read that. Jesus is, these are his last words. 
This is the last things he's telling his disciples before he goes to the cross, pays the price for our sins, makes atonement for all mankind, that we can come back in a relationship with God, be washed clean, okay? And so he's saying, these are all things you need to know. And he starts talking about the Holy Spirit. And I want you to see how, what he refers to one of the jobs of the Holy Spirit, okay? His job isn't just to make you speak in new tongues, pray with confidence, uh, read your Bible with good interpretation, uh, pray for healing, all the gifts, signs. Those are awesome. Those are really important. But he has another job, and check out what it says right here. But in fact, it is best for you that I go away. Jesus is saying this to his disciples. Because if I don't, the advocate won't come, the Holy Spirit. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will, check this out, convict the world of its sin. Ouch, heavy and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. The world's sin is that it refuses to believe in me. Righteousness is available because I go to the Father. Look at that. Righteousness is available because I go to the Father and you'll see me no more. Judgment will become because the ruler of this world, Satan, has already been judged. So let me just pause there. This is a freebie. You have to understand that there's nothing new under the sun, Solomon says. The same spiritual battles we're fighting today have rose up again and again and again. They don't, the spirits don't care what you name them as long as you bow to them, right? So you can call it Baal 3,000 years ago, and you can call it Planned Parenthood today, doesn't care. Same spirit, still wants innocent blood, still operating strong. That's why you see people get religious about it and scream and manifest. Come on. Now let me say something on that. Let me say something on that. Eyes up here. No one in this room, if you've had an abortion, do we judge you or hold that against you? Every single one of us came into this house needing forgiveness and grace. You are not judged. And Jesus can take away all the regret, all the shame, bring forgiveness, healing, wash clean, okay? So I just wanna say that. Listen, just because we say the truth doesn't mean we don't say it in love. In fact, truth is love. Helping people know that there's a wrong and a right way is love. Okay, so continuing on the scripture, that was a freebie. Don't think that we're in a battle that the world's never seen. Even the, let me, okay, there we go. I'm gonna do this. Climate change. It has been a religious belief with different names for years. It's called itself Earth Worship, Mother Earth. It has been around for years. Don't get me wrong. We're supposed to steward and turn the world into a beautiful garden. I'm all about taking care of our planet. However, they are using it to steal your freedom and your rights. It is a spirit behind it. That doesn't mean you can't drive a Tesla, but don't give in to that spirit. And I would, anyways. Personally, I like a 350. Can't even... Can't even buy Fords now, man. I'm down to like one light beer. What is going on? Anyways, little joke for those watching, okay? Okay. <laughs> you got to get a stick shift now? What is happening? There's so much more I want to tell you, but I can't bear it. But you can't bear it now. You can't even handle the truth. You want the truth? All right, okay, come on. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. There it is. 
When the Spirit, the Holy Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will speak on his own, but he will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. One of the jobs of the Holy Spirit is to help you see truth from lies. Spirit of God versus Spirit of this world. Do you guys, are you catching what I'm putting down? Are you smelling what I'm stepping in? Do you, are you with me? The Holy Spirit points out truth, reveals truth, and convicts him of truth. You want to know why churches are shrinking, the ones that are? We're not shrinking, but the ones that are. You want to know why they're shrinking? Because they felt they had to numb down the truth to attract people. People want an answer to the confusion they're facing. They want an answer. And it's in here. It's in here. They want an answer. So it's important. The Bible says, be prepared in and out of season to share the reason for the hope that you have in Jesus Christ our Lord. Okay, and that trickles into every area. Every area. You cannot segregate your faith and your voting. They were not meant to be segregated. You've got to know what's what's truth and what's the truth. I remember I have Christian friends with lots of religious you know, abbreviations in front of their name, PhDs, doctorates, masters in divinity, all that stuff, who have been, go, who went to these pretty much secular seminaries. They should call them cemeteries, but anyways. <laughs> I'm not knocking if you went to Bible college, but they're not teaching you people how to actually lead a church or love people. They're just teaching them a bunch of stuff. Anyways, they would argue with me. They would argue with me because I'd say one of the core things I vote for when I look at who I'm gonna vote for, I don't look for Jesus. Jesus isn't on the ballot. I, with you, I wish he was. <laughs> Okay, hear me on this. Jesus will never be on the ballot. So you have to look at people, at people, and say, who's going to further my Judeo-Christian values the most? Who is going to stand for God's principles in office the most? Okay? And so I would have people tell me, you know, why do you, why do you put on like your top one or two reasons for voting for someone their stance on pro-life? Roe v. Wade's a law. It's never going to change. Well, guess what, buddy? Guess what? One guy that you said was really rude and mean, which sometimes he was, got a bunch of righteous judges in office, and those, ju- those judges looked at an unconstitutional law, gave the rules back to the states, a step in the right direction, and every church in America should have been in there, up in air, celebrating that day. Every church in America. We should have been out in the streets celebrating. Told you. (laughs) Truth bombs. The title of my message is Live Like They Died. Why do I want to talk about freedom? One, because the Holy Spirit likes to talk about truth, and it's Pentecost Sunday. And two, there are people that paid a high price for that. You know, I remember when I was trying to join the military, I was blind in one eye, so no one wanted to take me, but um, <laughs> true story. I remember this phrase, and I don't know if it's still popular young people, but it was talked about, and it was, you know, I might not respect what you're saying, but I'm willing to die for your right to say it. Wow. Freedom of speech. Wow. Right, there are men and women who died for your freedom, and a lot of them, I will vouch to say a lot of them, probably walked with Jesus, and they died for our freedom. And we have a responsibility 
in love to stand up for the truth, to speak the truth, and to live the truth, and not apologize or hide it from people in worry of feelings getting hurt. We don't purposely hurt feelings, but the confused world is looking for an answer, and we have it, but if we remain silent, they have no place to go. If we remain silent, they have no place to go. Okay, so I just want to hit... Two, I want to do a quick little history lesson, and then we're going to pray for people, okay? Because the Holy Spirit likes to point out truth. And I'd encourage you, if you don't know what all the amendments say, you should look at those. They're not that long. It's actually not a bad read. It's a pretty easy read, okay? But I want to talk about First and Second Amendment real quick and, and bring a biblical, a biblical look and also a foundational look of what that is. Because I want to I wanna, I wanna hit with some truth here because people paid a price. Yeah. And listen to me. When the church loses her voice, the world loses their way. Yeah. Yeah, you see, the problem is, is that when something is uncommon but you live in it long enough, you take uncommon as common. Right. What has happened in this great American experiment where we said we're going to try a free nation, not a democracy per se, but a constitutional republic that uses dem democracy voting, but we are a constitutional republic. I'll talk about that in one second. But we decided to try it, and we stuck on our dollar bill because our founding fathers believed this, one nation under God. And that's why this nation has been the most prosperous and successful nation that's ever lived. That's the only reason. It's because the founding fathers built it on Judeo-Christian values, Right? Now, let me get a caveat here, because I want to go after some of the revisionist attacks that come against truth. Well, how can you say America's great? There was slavery. True. And slavery is an egregious, horrible sin. It's terrible. But at the time of the Constitution, what the, what the founding fathers may not have known is that when they wrote, all men are created equal, truth was released. And it began a chain reaction where that truth had to be answered to for all men and women. It was the truth released. In a, by the way, in a culture where slavery was everywhere, everywhere. When the queen died, a bunch of, you know, left side people were like, oh, you know, they should pay reparations for all their uh, colonization of, the, of other countries. Okay, you know who first led the end of the slave trade? England. It was England. Okay, so let's just get that straight. I want to hear me on this. I am not advocating or saying anything was right about that, but what I'm saying is in a time when slavery was widely accepted around the whole world, truth was released in word, and then it began to flesh itself out, and we had a civil war over the issue. It's because truth was going to prevail. Amen? Amen. That's why truth is important. And don't let the uh, people lie to you. You know who were the advocates? It was church people. They were saying, how can we write? All men are created equal. Yeah, wow. It was the church. Yeah, wow. Anyways, read your history. Okay, so I want to hit that. We live in a constitutional republic, which means that we have rights that we wrote from this. We, the, our authors took Judeo-Christian values, wrote out rights that are protected, and we live in a constitutional republic, meaning you have laws and rights that are protected by that republic. Yeah. Also means that the government is established to serve you. So when some person who barely reads their Bible tries to quote Romans to you and say, well, the Bible says that we should, you know, be subject to all authority given to us. Fair enough. Who's the authority in America? We, the people. Your elected officials work for you. They work for us. 
okay? That's important to know. That's important to know. And that's why you have a voice, and that's why you use your voice, okay? If someone doesn't agree with you, tolerance is not saying I agree with everybody. That's dumb. (laughs) Tolerance is saying, I don't agree with what you're saying. I have my reasons. I'm willing to share them, but it doesn't mean I have to hate you. But I will not cater to the lie. That's important today in our church, okay? It is important that people don't feel judged, but if they ask, and this is why it's important that as a Christian, you are active in other people's worlds. Because what God isn't looking for is more uh, picket sign Pharisees out on the street corner saying people are gonna go to hell. They have not helped the cause, okay? You don't wanna be that person. You wanna be that person who's, Applying the biblical principles, following the Holy Spirit's guidance towards truth, living out truth. And pretty soon your coworkers, your neighbors, they're like, you know, I've been doing it the way the world said to do it. I'm broke, I'm a joke, I'm probably doing coke, you know, and like, and it's not working. I came up with that last service, I loved it. You know, they're here and I look at you and you, it's like your family actually can get together on Thanksgiving and there aren't, you know, turkeys flying through the air, dead turkeys, cooked turkeys throwing across the table and drunk fights and brawls. You know, they see a difference. They see yeah. transformation, okay? So First Amendment, why is it important? First, let me tell you what the First Amendment is. Congress shall not make, or Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or the press or the right of the peaceful people to peaceably assemble and petition the government for redress or grievances. Okay? Congress shall not or shall make no law respecting the established of religion. Now, I want to just do a quick history lesson because it's important that you understand that people will try to pervert the foundation to get you to not take the truth for what it is. Okay? One, they, our founding fathers had come out of, a, of the Church of England. The church was controlled by the state. The church was always meant to hold the state accountable, to, hold, to actually point to truth and help people lead in a good way. And when it's controlled by the government, when the government gets its hands in there, it'll use it to manipulate and control people to their will, Right, And so our founding fathers were not afraid of prayer in school. That was not on their mind when they wrote this. That was not a concern. They were not afraid of people living and going to church and being biblically active. In fact, I'll read in a minute, most of them were saying it's absolutely necessary that the church is involved with politics, but it is absolutely necessary that politics and the government has no say in the church. That's why that was written that way. Listen, John Adams said this, our constitution was made only for moral and religious people. It is wholly inadequate to the, go- or to the government of any other. Wholly inadequate. This thing will only work if the church is doing its job raising religious and moral people. Okay, George Washington said this, religion and morality are indispensable support to our political prosperity. Indispensable. In fact, while they were writing the Constitution, the first draft of the First Amendment, Thomas Jefferson wrote this. There we go. James Madison. First proposed the idea, wording it like this. No religion shall be established by Congress. However, they changed it because they were worried 
that it would be interpreted as the government had no interest in religion at all. That's literally in history books. They rewrote this to make sure that it wasn't confused that we, we, don't, we want God in government. We just don't want the government telling us what God can and can't do. That was literally the reason why it was rewrote, okay? For Jefferson and the other, it was central to the entire American experiment. Now, here's where we got the breakdown. I want you to know that what you're hearing today has not been the long-term reality or truth of our government. It wasn't until 1947, in the case of Everson versus the Board of Education, that in a five to four split, very close split, the Supreme Court decided to now interpret this as, let me read it so I don't get it wrong. Neither the state or federal government could pass laws which aid one religion, aid all religions, or prefer one religion all the other. That was, that was in 1947. Before this time, there was never any, people understood that church can't tell, the, or the government can't tell the church what to do, but the church is talking about what people should do and sending people up to Congress and being active in Congress. They prayed in Congress, all that. Some more liberal judges decided that, no, the, the government now can have, no, there can be no church crossing over into government. Wow. This, because of this decision in 1962, Engel versus Vattel, uh, generic prayer was canceled in schools. Guess what all the stats have shown since 1962? All the positive social and uh, ethical markers have gone down. All of them. Fathers in the home, um, you know, grades, everything. We started dropping. And all the negative indicators, fatherless homes, crime, uh, trouble in school, behavioral issues have skyrocketed since 1962, okay? We never intended God to not be involved in government. And by the way, the prayer was incredibly generic. It was God, please help our teacher, our state, our country, and our city. That was it. Just said God. Like, anyways, but that's the point. So this is, this is a relatively new cultural view. Before then, it was always known that the church and the truth should be speaking up to the government, okay? So what's the point of this? Do not be bullied into using your freedom of religion and freedom of speech to speak up for Christian values. Do not be bullied for it. Do not be bullied. I don't use hate, but do not be bullied for saying there are two sexes. There is XX and XY. That is not negotiable. The chromosomes don't lie. Do not be bullied for that. Do not be bullied for that, mar that marriage is between a man and a woman. Do not be bullied for that. Don't hate on people, but I'm telling you, there's a better way. There's a way. Every single civilization, you will see a, at their demise, at the end, the one common denominator is they move away from the nuclear family. They move away and they open up doors for sexual perversion, sexual just whatever goes, and they break down the nuclear family and they begin a welfare state. Those are the two non-negotiable, every civilization. When Rome fell, a third, of the, a third of the nation was on welfare. 
and the nuclear family was pretty much non-existent, where when they started, they were pioneers, and the nuclear family was very important, okay? This world is confused, and it needs truth. Okay, I would argue kindness is incredibly important, but let the Holy Spirit, but we have used kindness to be cowards. We have used kindness to not stand up for the truth. If someone asks me what I think about one of those topics, in the most loving way possible, without judgment, I'll say, I don't think that's the best way. In fact, I don't think that's the way God designed it to be. And the, tr- the, the world needs that. The world needs that. All right. So we need to stand up for the truth. We need to speak the truth. We need to live the truth. People need a Christian in their lives, not a picketing pharmacy. That's the problem, is the only brave ones are jerks. I'm just saying. Have you noticed that? That it's, it's an extreme. It's either like, oh, just come as are. We love you no matter what. And don't, we'll never tell you anything that we think. We'll never say anything that could possibly offend you. And then there's people out there burning hell. And they, that's the problem. Is we need loving, good, kind people that don't numb down the truth. And people died for that. That's where I want to tie us in Memorial Day. People died for that. And the Holy Spirit wants to help you. You know how many weird, awkward conversations I have as a pastor where I got to bring up a truth that I'm pretty sure they're not wanting to hear at the moment? You know how much I pray, Holy Spirit, help me deliver truth in love. And you know how often that works out? It doesn't work out perfect every time, but often, often people like, thank you. Thank you for being a person willing to say it. Okay, I want to talk about the Second Amendment real quick. There's a reason for this. Okay, Second Amendment which if you don't know what it is, it's this. A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of the free state. By the way, free state meant free country, not the individual states like we think of today. So they're talking about a free country. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Now, did you guys notice how that whole thing was talking about how it's very important that we have hunting guns. Anyone catch that? You didn't see it? Wait, let's read that again. A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of the free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. All about hunting, right? No. No. Okay, I know right now. Let me hit this real quick. Nobody, nobody is okay with seeing schools getting shot up. Nobody. Nobody. But you take guns away from good people, you're not going to see bad people stop doing bad things. And I understand the heart pulls. I wish this would never happen again. But I'm telling you, when evil encroaches, you cannot compromise with it. You cannot settle with it. You have to stand up to it. And hear me on this. Hear me on this. Some people will tell you, well, it says militia. They're talking about military. They're talking about, you know, like, like an official government thing. No, 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 no. In 19, or sorry, 1792, in the manual of what the militia was in America, it defines militia as any man citizen. By the way, some women were in there too, but this is the definition. Any male citizen between 1845. That is the definition in 1792 of a militia. So when they write that a militia being important to protect the country, not from outsiders, 
That's why we have a federal government. That should be the reason. They're supposed to take from the outsiders. We're supposed to have guns to protect us from our own government. That was the sole reason they wrote that. The sole reason. No, I know, come on, you know, it's Utah. Yeah, like this is not like a tough preach, but I came from communist California, okay? And I've said this there too, okay? You don't have to love guns, but my point is just this. Do not let people lie to you and say that was never the intention. No, listen, in the 20th century, 20th century, last century, this is modern, okay? Cars, planes, we had it all. In that century alone, there were over 100 million people 100 million that died from genocide in a modern civilization around the world. Every single one, except for Rwanda, which was about a half of a percent of the 100 million, 500,000, every other one was the government inflicting that on their own people. Everyone in modern times, in the last 100 years, We are used to, because we have a constitutional republic, because we have laws that are being pushed on, you have to understand, we are used to the commonness of being protected. But listen, freedom is not free. Jesus knew that. He paid the price. Soldiers know that. They pay the price. We have to recognize that there was wisdom in this. There was wisdom in this. There are wise ways to bring down gun violence. There are wise ways. And nobody wants it. But if you're going to debate with me that it's taking the law-abiding citizens the ability to protect themselves, all of history has pointed to the fact that that is actually a hedge that has protected America for a long time from the overreach of government. Governments get tyrannical. It's what they do because power corrupts. That's human nature. So what do we do? We keep things in check. Amen? That's a truth. That's a truth I want you to hear. Okay? Because people will try to tell you, well, that was where it, it was muskets back then. Muskets were the modern warfare. The, every, I mean, anyways. It was not about hunting. And you, you should stand up. You should stand up. Okay? And I'm, look, I'm not just doing 2A. I'm going to do all the things. See, some people, uh, let's see. Just, I want to do a little bit of history on that. I kind of hit that. Oh, okay, let me ask you this. If we could right now, Save 1.3 million people, 1.3 million people a year if everyone stopped driving, which is way more, by the way, than people die from guns. But I'm just saying, but why don't people do that? Why don't we see people advocating? I mean, the green people are advocating for like electric cars, but they're not advocating like no one should be able to drive. Why don't we advocate for that? Because intrinsically, we understand that freedom comes with a cost. Freedom comes with the potential for people to do dumb things. I might drive perfectly. Somebody else might get drunk and get in the car. And they've abused that freedom and that, that's cost me. But we understand, we all use that right regularly and we're very aware that it's nice to have an automobile to get to A to B. So none of us are advocating to give up our cars for the rest of the world. But we haven't had to defend ourselves against a try. We don't have to once a week defend ourselves against a tyrannical government. So we begin to slip and not realize how special and how important that right is. You go to another country, like we went to Israel, they're having to fight against people that hate them all the time. Like they would never, there's nobody, left, right, center, that's debating we shouldn't have ways to protect ourselves because they're used to that. Okay, let's bring up the keys here. Thank you, guys. I want to read Galatians 5.1 to you. 
So Christ has truly set us free. Now make sure, now make sure that you may, may stay free. Don't get tied up again in the slavery of the law. See, Christ has truly set us free. Now make sure you stay free. Listen, the world will try to bully you. The term right now is Christian nationalist, which means if you love America and you love Jesus, you are now some kind of like terrorist. That's that. Come on, we got a political podcaster. Am I right, Jason? Thank you. Christian nationalism. My citizenship is in heaven. But I know that when I've been given freedom from any angle, my job as a Christian is to fight for freedom to stay in the fight for freedom. As a, as a Christian, if I find myself in a cycle of sin, a cycle of addiction, I know I've got to go with the Holy Spirit and I got to break that addiction off my life. Why? Because it's binding me. I can't move forward. I can't stay. I know that with that. I know that, you know, if I, if I come under a struggle in my marriage, I got to fight for my marriage. Fight for, I fight for things all the time in my Christian walk. But then I think, oh, it doesn't matter how I vote. That person just seems nicer. The question to be asked is, God, who will legislate, not talk about it, who will actually fight for laws and legislation that furthers your truth? Because your truth leads to more freedom. This is why Christian nationalism, you're not a Christian if you think that that is a way, people that actually think that controlling people into becoming a Christian is the way you don't understand the gospel. That's the beauty of Christianity is we can't tell you dress a certain way, do a certain thing, and then you fit in because the change is from the inside out. We don't have an outside in approach. We have to get Jesus in your heart. You are the only one that can decide if you're gonna have Jesus in your life. And thus, I cannot use control to manipulate you. I can't and I won't, but I won't lie. There's a way, there's a truth. There's a way that leads to life. And it doesn't always look like what we think it should look like. That's why you need the Holy Spirit and your word. Don't take my word for it. Read in the Bible. If you're pro-choice, read in the Bible and show me where. Show me where. If you're like, oh, does it really matter to protect marriage between man and woman and the nuclear family? Yes, it matters. It was God's design from the original. It was how he designed things to be. Do I hate anybody? No. But they're confused. And you're bullied, we're bullied into thinking that we are bigots. We have the truth. We have the truth. When we talk about dominion, I'm not talking about going and taking your home from you. I'm talking about bringing you Jesus. So Jesus invades your home by your choice and changes everything from the inside out. Did I already say this? Probably the reason a lot of churches are shrinking. Did I say that yet? Did I? Okay, I'm going to say it again. The reason a lot of churches are shrinking, shrinking is because we don't offer anything different. We do a TED Talk with an electric guitar rock show at the beginning, and we, make, we don't challenge anything that you came, belief systems you came in with. But God won. But there's a truth. 
There's a truth. And now it's Pentecost Sunday. The Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit wants to be, have authority in your world to reveal the truth. You know, one thing I had to come to grips with when I became a follower of Jesus is I had to come to grips with the idea that his ways are not my ways and some things will challenge me. But he's good. And any rule he gives in my world isn't because he doesn't want me to have fun. It's because he's put a roadblock for me chain wrecking my life. I've used this analogy, but I want to use it again. Whenever I'm driving through the canyons and I see the, you know, a big cliff drop off and they've got those metal guardrails, I've never once been like, those jerks, how dare they? They're ruining my view. No, because I recognize I can still see, but that will save me if I hit the ice. That was there to protect me. Every one of God's statutes and laws is there to protect you and lead to life and life abundantly. Jesus came to give life and life abundantly. So part of being a spirit-filled church, part of being a spirit-filled church is not just seeing the miracles, not just seeing the words of knowledge, the prophetic, the power of God's show. I love that. But the Bible says in Mark that one of the reasons that God does that is because he wants to show that his truth is real. It's a confirmation of his truth. And so we cannot numb down the truth. I'm passionate about America because I'm a citizen of heaven. And as a whole, what was built, I go back to the dollar bill, in God we trust, what was built has ushered in more prosperity, more freedom than anything else has built. But trust me, you cannot remove God from the situation. You cannot remove the foundational truths that our whole thing was built on and think that the thing will still be prosperous. And as Christians, we just have to be willing to stand in the gap and say, we love you, but we're not gonna give into that. And and we need to be willing to put our, you know, use all our resources. We vote, we choose where we spend our money. Come on, amen, and it's worked. People, if you've looked at the news, it's worked. It's worked, there are targets pulling down a lot of displays all across the country. It's worked. work. Instead of screaming from the mountaintops, we're for for your agenda. Why don't we scream from the mountaintops? We're for you. We're for you. For you and what we say is true. All right, I want to pray for us. Worship team, you guys can come up. Listen, it's Pentecost Sunday, and our ministry team is going to come up here and pray with you. And I felt this in the last service, and I feel it in this service. I feel that one of, the, one of the displays that God's power today that he wants to do, because we we've honored soldiers that fought for freedom. We've talked about some freedoms that are under attack and that the church shouldn't remain silent. And just so you know, I could talk about each and every amendment. I hit some hot topics because they're the cultural hot topics. But I want you to know I have, I just want you to know, I'm not like two things and that's it. Right. Truth is important in every aspect of life. But I felt God say that in honor of freedom and truth, that today he wants to usher in some freedom into people's lives. I believe his power is available to you. And the Bible says in Galatians 5.1, which we read, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. And I believe that today, God wants to honor 
his word and he wants to honor sacrifice of people and he wants to break people free because one of the greatest ways we can honor people that paid a price for us to have freedom is to enjoy your freedom. If I buy you a gift, I buy my kids a gift, what do I want from that in return? I want them to use it and enjoy it. So it's good to have barbecues. It's good to have good memories and laughs about people that we've loved and lost. It is good to enjoy our freedom. And I believe God wants to do a work of freedom in your life today. Maybe it's financial. Maybe you're just feeling so strapped down financial. Maybe it's emotional. Maybe you've been in cycles that you can't break. Maybe it's an addiction. Maybe it's, you know, you, you need a certain chemical or a certain substance to unwind, whatever it is, big or small. Maybe you need some freedom in your, in your marriage. You just, you don't, you're trapped. You don't know what to do. You don't know how to fix it. I believe God wants to do some creative miracles today. And so if you want to see a miracle, I'll have everybody stand to their feet first, but I'm going to pray for you. If you want to see a miracle today in the area of freedom, big or small in your life, I want you to raise your hand right now in the air and I'm just going to pray a blessing over you on this Memorial Day weekend. God, I thank you for your people. I thank you for every hand raised here. And God, I know that your word is being preached. I know that your reality is being said. And right now I declare that the power of Jesus is demonstrating and showing off in your kids' world, Lord, that they will see the goodness of God. I declare chains of addiction are broken, chains of addiction to pornography, chains of addiction to pills, pains of addiction to alcohol, pains of addiction are being broken off right now. I declare that marriages are being restored and saved, God. I declare that financial breakthrough is coming for your children. God, any area where there is slavery, we know that you have come to set us free. And your word says that whom the Son sets free is free indeed. So we declare freedom over your children in the name of Jesus. And if you believe it, say amen. Wow. What an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.